Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Lincoln Journal Stars Life in the Red podcast. As always, Luke Mullen and Amy Just. Uh, a little bit different setting today, though. Obviously, we're uh, we're here on Zoom. Um, you know, wrapping up, of course, the Nebraska volleyball's national championship run. Uh, you're down there in Tampa, following along with all of it. Uh, major news in football, too. Somebody, uh, somebody named Dylan Rayola. That was that was kind of big, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I expected to write zero times yesterday, and I ended up writing twice because a seismic Monday, uh, Monday mania, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we want some alliteration there um, with uh, Dylan Rayola and uh, Nebraska volleyball losing two to the portal. So we'll break it all down, though. Don't worry. Yeah, of course. So a little bit, little bit of a, you know, emergency writing there a little emergency podcast today got to get all the information out to all of you uh, out there breaking down volleyball basketball and football uh, but of course want to start with the national championship run that Nebraska volleyball was on um, you know to, to rewind the clock a little bit you know think all the way back to that semifinal match I mean they looked phenomenal against Pittsburgh and then you looked at what Texas did to Wisconsin and it was kind of like okay this is going to be a tough match and then Everything that Texas threw at them, the serving, um, the physicality at the net. I mean, it was just so impressive to watch. Texas won that match, obviously, as I'm sure all of you know, 3-0 back-to-back national championships for them. Yeah, it was really interesting. Nebraska hasn't played that poorly in the serve-receive game in a long time. Like, I can't remember the last time where they only scored that few points especially on a stage like that. Um, and you knew that what Texas did to Stanford, what Texas did to Wisconsin, like you thought that that could play a factor in this, but I thought that Nebraska would be able to hold their own a little bit better. But that 10 run that Asian Neal went on from the line, including four straight service aces, you knew it was over at that point. Like it just completely defeated all of, like Nebraska's positivity, it just it it just didn't work. And back to the drawing board for them. But yeah, just a rough what a bad day to have a rough day, right? Absolutely. You know, I was thinking that too, like obviously going into the year, you know, there was kind of this perception like, hey, it's a young team, like see what happens. And it was like, you know, they they could have played a bad match their first match of the season, they could have played a bad match. First time they played Wisconsin. Instead, it was all the way until the national title, uh, national title game to, to finally get that, that poor moment. So a little bit of perspective there, I thought about just the season long uh, journey this group is on. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, it's a freshman heavy team. Veterans were making mistakes in that. Yep. Like Merritt Beeson was making mistakes. Lexi Rodriguez was making mistakes. Ellie Batenhorst was making mistakes. Like it wasn't just a freshman thing. Everybody was just off. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I mean, when, when Texas is serving that well, 
Um, you know, they were just out of system the entire time, pretty much, it seemed like. Um, just really difficult to get those hitters going. And that showed, um, you know, in the the match stats, Texas hit 264, Nebraska season worst 0.013, and 18 more kills for Texas than Nebraska. But, I mean, really, obviously, you can look at how Nebraska played and, you know, the serve receive, you know, you, you can see these miscues. But ultimately, I mean, it just goes to what Texas did, the pressure that they put on them. You mentioned Asia O'Neill. I mean, Madison Skinner was dominant the way that she was you know managing to hit over around that nebraska block i mean texas just looked so complete that entire match yeah yeah and of course they they won it on an ace serve yep which it's weird enough that you win back-to-back titles like that doesn't happen a whole lot it's happened but not not a ton it is even more insane that match point for both of those national title matches was an ace serve. Kaylee Akana last year and Asia O'Neill this year. Wild. Deja vu. <laughs> no, no kidding. And, um, you know, like I said, I think we should reflect on this season a little bit as a whole, um, you know, how Nebraska volleyball went on this journey. You know, they were the number one team, you know, pretty much the entire season, especially after uh, they beat Wisconsin. And it's just like, man, these freshmen were so, so good, played at such a high level all year long. And of course, the silver lining is the no seniors. I mean, theoretically, all these major stars, these major contributors should be back next year. So uh, there's obviously a lot a lot to look forward to. And certainly in, in the immediate uh, post-match you know, press conference, we got that moment. Harper Murray, Becca Alec. I mean, this team has high expectations. And, and obviously, this is going to be something that they remember for a long time. Yeah, Lexi Rodriguez talked about how she will never forget the national title loss from her freshman year. Um, and Harper Murray won't forget this either. Becca Alec won't forget this either. None of them will. This will sit with them probably forever. Um, and I think it's going to fuel, fuel all of them for the future. Yeah, certainly as competitors, uh, that will be what drives them um, throughout this offseason and forward into next year. But you know, as we are now into the off season for college volleyball, I mean, it's like any other sport, there's going to be roster movement, there's going to be transfer portal entries. Uh, and of course, you broke some news, or at least contributed to it, certainly, uh, last night, two transfer portal entries from this Nebraska volleyball team, outside hitter Hayden Kubik, freshman opposite Caroline Jervicious, uh, both planning to enter the portal. What was your uh, your immediate reaction to to hearing that news? Yeah, so Nebraska needed two things to happen. They needed two, not necessarily two people to leave because they could have maybe found a way to keep one of them with NIL if that's the path that they wanted to go down. Like, that's always a possibility. But because they don't have any departing seniors and because they have two freshmen coming in, they're over on scholarship. And so there needed to be some movement, whether you leave in the transfer portal or whatever. And two did decide to do that. Hayden Kubik, which that wasn't necessarily a surprise to me. I think she's really talented. I just think she's really buried uh, behind so many other really talented outside hitters. Um, And her older sister, Maddie Kubik, isn't here anymore. So you don't have that family tie, you know, necessarily keeping you here. 
Um, so I'm sure she could play just about anywhere. Um, she's really, really talented. Was one of the best outside hitters in her class when she was coming out of high school. And then Caroline Jervicious, same thing. She redshirted this year, so she still has all four years of eligibility remaining. Um, that one surprised me a little bit. Um, but again, she's still a little bit buried um, behind Merritt Beeson. And then if she, um, whatever happened after that, you know, she, there's a, there was a path for her for playing time, but I don't, it doesn't sound like she was too thrilled about redshirting this year. Um, if you read um, the story from Mitch Sherman of The Athletic, um, pretty detailed in there that it was kind of a surprise to her. So but then her family moved to Lincoln for better opportunities for her younger sister to play volleyball. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but um, I wish them the best. They're both really, really talented and they will find a spot and they will excel wherever they end up. They're really, really good. It's just Nebraska has an embarrassment of riches. And sometimes uh, if you want to carve a path for yourself, you have to go out there. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just the reality of high level college volleyball, whether that's Nebraska or, you know, other national title contenders. I mean, only so much playing time to go around and, you know, younger player, you're coming in, you know, high level recruit, you, you take some time to develop and, you know, ultimately it might be a, a, a better situation elsewhere. So certainly Cubic and, and Jervicious were those first two. And as you mentioned, uh, the, the two recruits Nebraska has coming in outside hitter. Skylar Pierce and libero Olivia mock. Uh, so that kind of helps the, the roster crunch a little bit. And I might already know uh, the answer to this question, but remember last off season, you know, John cook went out in the portal. He got Merritt Beeson. I mean, we saw the impact that obviously she provided to this team uh, this season. I mean, obviously the roster numbers kind of prohibitive, but could there be a, a path to, to get an impact transfer at all? I mean, they're always going to look, right yeah. they're always gonna look but it would have to be the right fit and then if you're not using nil to cover scholarships someone else would have to leave yeah to me you know it would have to be surely like a one-year you know senior somebody can come in that's the only thing that would make sense to me but again yeah there's there's moving parts moving pieces um of course for all this off-season work uh, that will continue uh, for John Cook, this Nebraska volleyball coaching staff. So again, wrap up their season, national runners up. Uh, they will move into the off season. I'm ready to bounce back from that one. So all the uh, coverage, of course, from the week in Tampa, fantastic stories, Amy and our Brent Wagner wrote. You can check them all out. Journalstar.com breaking down uh, how Nebraska got there, how Texas beat them, all the details from the final four run. So moving on to some basketball updates, uh, pretty Light week, I would say, you know, one game each, you know, we talked about a little bit of a, a holiday break, you know, finals, et cetera, all this stuff going on, but two wins, women's basketball and men's basketball, both won their games, uh, starting with the women's team now won five in a row. Uh, they defeated Southern 76 to 51 and kind of the standout was a, a career milestone for Alexis Markowski scored 21 points to become a 1000 point score. Uh, she's already had one heck of a career here. Yeah, I. It does not surprise me that she's hit that benchmark so quickly. Right. Um, she is just an incredible talent for Nebraska, and for her to do that, 
so early. Like, I know she's a junior. Like, that's normally something that happens if you're staying for all four, right? For yep. her to do it so soon. I, I wonder how high she's going to rank when it's all said and done. That's right. She came in as a freshman. She was effective right away. It's continued uh, to grow and develop in that post role. So uh, congrats to her 21 point effort in that win. And Nebraska also shot 12 for 27 from three point range. Uh, some of those three point shooters heating up. So again, they've won five in a row. They're doing really well. Um, we kind of previewed it last week a little bit. So road trip to Kansas on Wednesday night. Uh, this is a, a big, big upcoming game. Uh, to finish the non-conference slate for the women's basketball team. So that could be, that could be a big win. Certainly if they can pull that one out as well. Yeah. I mean, you look at last year's games against Kansas. I mean, that triple overtime game about this time last year. Yep. Um, and then they faced off in the WNIT and Kansas ended up winning that one. Um, but yeah, so I, I predict another crazy game. I don't think I'm going to predict triple overtime. But, <laughs> Just um, double this time. <laughs> yeah. Anything is possible in Allen Fieldhouse, but I will say that. But yeah, no, it's, you never know uh, what's going to happen between two really talented teams. Yeah, so big road trip to the state of Kansas coming up for the women's team, whereas the men's team, very successful uh, in their trip to Kansas. Uh, they played Kansas State uh, a couple of days ago, and this is a win that could look very, very good. Um, I think, you know, in March, it's a very good Kansas State team. And the way that Nebraska got it done was very interesting. Um, really tight first half. Uh, they kind of went step for step for, with each other, Nebraska and K-State. And then second half, Huskers just blew the doors off, dominated 31 to 12. Uh, this was a game, the interior presence, physicality, uh, that's what got the job done for Nebraska in this one. Yeah, I did not get to watch a second Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I don't was, expect uh, uh, any any detailed in-depth analysis of the, the game here. <laughs> but when I saw the final score, cause I saw the halftime score and then I saw the final score and I'm like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, K-State does not lose at home to non-conference opponents. Uh, just don't. It hit, I don't know what the streak was off the top of my head, but it was really lengthy. So for them to go in there after having kind of a weird week, right. With finals and like you practice, but like it's, Still, the schedule is a little bit off and for them to go in there and just dominate the second half the way they did it's impressive um they've really turned it around um since that painful minnesota loss a few weeks ago um so yeah if you just look at the scorebook like they just look like an entirely different team yeah and for the guys who are battling their down low rink mass 19 points 12 rebounds and Jawan gary 13 points 18 rebounds 11 on the offensive glass alone. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I know both of us here, the uh, the Life in the Red podcast are Jawan Gary, uh, you know, followers. We we watch everything he's doing out there. He is, man, he continues to to find ways to contribute to this team and, and play a big effort, uh, certainly in that one. So those guys down low were doing well. And then I think also Nebraska made 11 three-pointers in that one, held K-State to four for 30, uh, shooting from beyond the arc. I mean, the defensive mojo was back, certainly in that second half in particular. Yeah, and they needed it um, after that little stint that they had. Um, I think um, that loss to Minnesota really galvanized them. They came out and beat Michigan State, something they hadn't done since Brad has been here. And then they followed up with this. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. 
Some really good wins on that resume now. Uh, Huskers 9-2 and two on the season. Uh, they'll also be in action Wednesday, hosting North Dakota 6.30 p.m. in Lincoln. Uh, so that is the basketball update. Again, those teams finish up those uh, those final games, return to action nearer to the new year uh, around it for both of them. But really important football updates uh, to get to. I mentioned it, Dylan Rayola, Dylan Rayola, Dylan Rayola. He's committed. He's coming to Nebraska. He announced it. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah, you thought it might happen after all the buzz last week. But then again, there was quite a bit of buzz in the spring, too, and it didn't come to fruition. So I was telling people not to get their hopes up. Like, be excited, but don't, like, put the house on it or anything, yeah. right? Um, and then, sure enough, he did it, um, which is crazy. Uh, first five-star to commit to Nebraska, depending on the service of your preference. In a long time. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's such a unique recruitment that he went through, um, you know, from from the perspective that, I mean, he was a freshman, you know, and he was one of the top quarterback prospects in the whole country. You know, he's had that attention on him for several years. And, um, you know, it's obviously it's, it's a stressful process, like, and it can be difficult. You know, you've got so many coaches, you know, calling you saying, hey, here's the right place. Here's the right place. Like. The journey that took him from Ohio State to Georgia to Nebraska, um, you know, different factors played into that for all those schools. And I think it's interesting, probably the factors that led him to Nebraska um, at the top of that list, I think, has to be family relationships. I mean, yes, you consider everything his dad, Dominic, did, you know, his uncle Donovan's on staff. That stuff is so huge. But at the same time, I mean. He's got to believe in Matt Rule. This is this is a program that hasn't been to a bowl game since 2016. I mean, five-star quarterbacks don't commit to programs like this often. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a historic commitment from that perspective. Yeah, and I think that we're starting to see not just with five-star quarterbacks, but five-star players in general. Yeah, they're not all going to the same powerhouse anymore. They're starting to go to different places. You I mean you saw it with Travis Hunter a couple of years ago making one of the biggest splashes ever in recruiting by going to Jackson State. Um, that doesn't happen. But you're starting to see guys carve out, oh, maybe I want to go here and do something special here instead of, you know, sit for two years and then maybe play or transfer somewhere else. Like, I don't know. I like that this could potentially like change the parody of college football um, that you're starting to see these really, really talented guys spread out a little bit, which I think is good. Um, but for Dylan specifically, like, yeah, he's been committed to three different schools, but you change so much between being 14 and 18. Like, guys, that's okay like your priorities change your life changes what you want changes you know and then those programs change too so yeah he's been committed to three different schools but so many things have changed that I don't read into it a whole lot like he's here at the end of the day this is where he's meant to be um and it's crazy 
yeah. Hey, I mean, what I want for dinner might change three times in a day. So we'll, we'll allow, <laughs> we'll allow some, uh, some changes there, uh, along the recruiting trail, uh, for all those reasons. And I think, I mean, you obviously have to, to look at the talent that Royola has. I mean, consider just how good he looks as kind of a, a pocket passer. I mean, he has pretty good agility. I think they're in the pocket. Like, you know, he moves around really well. Um, not really a, a whole lot of a rusher, which not going to be a major issue. You know, we talked several times about how they'll adapt the offense, you know, they'll deal with that. And I think you just, you just look at what he's going to be able to bring from an intangible perspective too. I mean, quarterbacks got to be leaders. I mean, they got to be guys that can organize that huddle that can make all the key, you know, big throws guys that kind of have that aura about him, that feel, you know, whatever you want to say to it. And I mean, he, he certainly fits the bill for all those different attributes. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time since Nebraska's had a quarterback quite like that. Now, granted, he's still in high school. Yeah, that's right. We're so I'm, not, I'm hyping him up a little bit here. <laughs> he's still in high school, right? But, you know, this the world is his oyster, you know, sky's the limit, that type of thing. All, all of the cliches you can enter here. Um, but no, there's a lot of upside um, for what he could potentially accomplish, which is exciting. Yeah. And a lot of upside for this entire 2024 recruiting class as a whole, uh, which also, you know, this was a, a week, of course, of, of quarterback uncertainty leading up to this. You know, they were looking in the portal, maybe. And then you had the news about Rayola, and that certainly impacted things with current 2024 commit. Daniel Kalen um, had scheduled a visit to Michigan State and then ended up canceling it, you know, remaining true, um, you know, strong and committed into this Nebraska 2024 class. You know, he's been such a key relationships person, um, you know, with several of these other commits. He's been working out uh, with other Huskers as well. I mean, I think it's it's a great sign for program strength when you have two quarterback recruits, two highly, you know, talented, highly sought after guys that are both willing to come in and and compete right away. Two elite 11 quarterbacks. That's right. Who would have thought that this class would feature that? Um, but yeah, no, I think that the relationships that he has built um, uh, one of my favorite images of the entire season, honestly, is the Nebraska volleyball game against Wisconsin, and he and Carter Nelson are holding signs. Um, like, I don't know. I just think it was really cool. Um, and it says a lot about the support that they have for their home state, their home program. Um, and how excited they are. Because if they didn't want to be here, why would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's great too because, you know, Kalen, he is uh he is a talented, talented quarterback who could very well, I mean, be a a, a future starter. And I think there was there were a lot of people that were concerned, like, hey, is this Rayola thing? Is this gonna push him out of the program? Like keeping him in, uh, I think is is huge uh to have those guys that they can develop in the room. And uh again, just keeping keeping up, you know, with those relationships that he has built, I think it's going to keep this 2024 class very tight knit, very connected with everybody. And of course, uh, as we record, they are kind of coming down to uh, the final couple days here before the Wednesday early signing day. Um, a couple other recent updates, the edge rusher prospect in the class, Jackson Lee, he is moving on going to Tulsa instead. Nebraska also added offensive lineman Xander Rugaroli. Uh, in this last week. So a couple decisions to be made there on Wednesday, um, guys who are announcing their decisions 
And for anybody looking for a more in-depth breakdown of this class, I will uh, I will have a video video breakdown going through this class in detail on Wednesday. So look forward to that uh, for more recruiting details. But Amy, also some important news for uh, the current players on this Nebraska team. Three starters uh, announcing their decisions to return to the team this week. Rover Isaac Gifford, linebacker John Bullock, offensive tackle Bryce Benhart. Huge additions, all three of them. Yeah, the the video that Ben Hart and Gift put out that was good was hysterical. Yeah, I just I want to know whose idea that was because knowing those two, you know it wasn't their idea. <laughs> like they're very much like lead by example type guys, um, not super vocal. Um, but now I got a kick out of that video, and if you haven't watched it, y'all need to go find it. It's pretty funny. Absolutely, too, and and um, you know just from a defensive perspective too. Um, you know, I, I think Nebraska would have had the guys to fill in for Gifford, to fill in for Bullock. But when you've got, you know, fifth, six year guys who've made tons of tackles, you know, have all that experience. I mean, it's just going to be so valuable to have them back in those key starting roles next year. Yeah, absolutely. And they have a year down of knowing this defense. Year two is always, you always see big jumps. So that's, exciting to look forward to as well yeah and I think for Ben Hart too like I mean he, he's he been very very consistent I think over the course of this last season he's really improved a lot in different areas of his game and the biggest thing is you do not want to be looking for a starting tackle in the transfer portal like that's a bad situation to be in so the fact that he's coming back I mean that that will help any any future uh, transfer portal efforts Nebraska has but again you know we'll we'll see what the additions are, signing day, that will complicate things somewhat. Uh, we'll get a, a better read on exactly what the roster numbers are after that point. But transfer portal remains open uh, at least for a couple more weeks here. Uh, so still some potential for offseason movement. Um, Huskers, there is a, a visit window. Transfer portal players can come to campus uh, around the first week of January as well. So still some time for this offseason roster movement to take place, but that's your football update as we have it right now. Dylan Rayola, the huge news. Um, and of course, all the other details from this past week in Husker Athletics. I think that's all we've got for you today, um, certainly in this episode. But like I said, look forward to all of our coverage of Wednesday's early signing day, journalstar.com. Look forward for the video breakdown of the 2024 class. But that'll do it for us today. Uh, this has been the episode of Life in the Red, and we will see you next week.